0: Hi there everybody, welcome to a very sombre Let's Talk Tottenham. As you can imagine it's uh, after the Bayern debacle, humiliation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It's been two days and I think I've finally calmed down enough to be able to talk about it a bit rationally and not just swear about it. Uh, So that's what this episode will be about, that, that, that game, why I think it went wrong despite the obvious. Uh, and uh, as bad as it is I, I, how I strangely think it could be a blessing in disguise now I think we should approach Brighton game which now is a must, must win and not only that, it needs to be a good performance as well uh, so yeah, this could be a bit of a downer episode but at the end I, I'm trying to look at it in a positive frame of mind although that is very difficult now So first things first, I don't think it's any surprise that pretty much every Tottenham fan will be saying the same as this. Defensively, we were absolutely shocking, certainly that second half. But the game as a whole, the first half an hour, I thought we were excellent. We gave away a silly goal, but on the whole, I thought we were excellent. Son looked danger. Kane is always a danger, so he has to be marked. Ali got in some good runs, and Ndombele played a lovely ball for Son's first chance and looked like you know he could replace Eriksson. Uh, although Ndombele, for some reason, after about half an hour, looked like he'd just gone out and tried to run a marathon with Mo Farah and then came back absolutely shattered when he came off in the second half. I thought he was going to keel over. Um, so I don't know why he's suddenly getting absolutely shattered all of a sudden. Anyway, back to the defence. I mean, all all seven goals were avoidable. Uh, there were so many that you know we haven't learned our lesson of just get rid of the bloody ball. Uh, Or the second goal as well, Orvia, who I mean, if he could give minus figures for performances, I think he'd get one there, although there could be quite a few others. But Orvia, for the second goal, that you know, he had the chance to head it out and he heads it straight down the middle. It's got to be out for a throw or, or you know, second choice behind for a corner. You don't head it straight down the middle. Uh, I don't think our players were expecting that, and then people lost men. Like The first goal as well, as soon as the, the guy, it was a brilliant finish, but as soon as he did Sissoko, someone's got to go out to him. Like Vertonghen needs to go out to him, but it was left for whoever was to the left of him. I think it was Winks, so I could be wrong there. But like it shouldn't have been him going out to him, it should have been Vertonghen, so it's too much space. Uh, but he, even at half-time, I thought, you know, get a goal here. We could be in this. Ericsson came on, had a good chance. It was... Uh, I say a good chance. It was a long-range chance. So you'd expect uh, noyer to save it, which he did. Uh, but we looked dangerous again. But it's just when the goals went in, we capitulated, which we never do. And just ambled back. Didn't look like we wanted to get back into the game at all, which is very unlike us. And just pretty unacceptable, to be honest, for a professional football team. Er... Uh, I thought thought we might end up doing another Ajax comeback when Kane got the penalty, which was a definite penalty, by the way, although it has to be said that Rose should have given away a penalty at the other end. I don't know how that was even looked at by VAR. I don't know how that wasn't given. It was minimal contact, but he has uh, hit him, and and it was a ridiculous clumsy challenge. Uh, But anyway, back to the defending. As bad as the defending was, I don't think it's all of their fault. The the midfield, just at this moment in time, this season, are offering no protection at all. Uh, When people get past the midfield, it's then only four people and the goalkeeper to beat. There's no protection there at all. The full-backs were exposed time and time again. Certainly Orio on the right, he always was on a two-on-one. So whoever's on that side in front of him needs to come back. Uh, Rose again. He he didn't get as outdone two on one, but it was always down Aurea's side that it was two on one. And that's where Nabry plays, who, who's lightning and quick and took his goals really well. Although one of his goals, I think it was the third one that they scored, where auria has gone diving and made his decision for him. He he's got to show him down the line there. If 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 he gets past you and does something and scores, fair play to him, well played. But don't give him make his mind up for him by diving in and missing it. Absolutely terrible. But going back to no support, like, Rose, Ori, they're seasoned professionals, The seasoned in Champions League as well. They've they got to be calling to the person in front to get back. And, as much as I love Pochettino, he's got to see that and then, at some point, give instructions to help out. But certainly on Orvia's side, because it was always two and one. Whoever was playing over that side, Son and then... Uh, I think Ericsson when he came on because Moura went up front 442 which 442 does not work uh, for us but anyway Ericsson or Son they've got to come back and help track like it's difficult to have a go at Son because he is a superb player and he gives his all but something's gone wrong where we're not helping out I I also think that we need that holding midfielder in there like the Kanté player like the Dyer player that we used to have or or Wanyama and Dembele, when we had him as well, I think we've got four in midfield, maybe five. But like the the one of those is to support Kane, so it's it's more of an attacking midfielder than a defensive one. But we don't really have any defensive midfielders. Winks, but he that's not his game. His game is to get the ball, run with it, and then spray it out or forward. Sissoko again, his his role is to drive with it when he breaks it up. But then if we lose it, those two are going forward, and then they're exposed. The defence is exposed, which happened in that second half. Like, I mean, the the way the goals went in was was ridiculous. If you play like that in a few weeks against Liverpool, it's going to be a cricket score. It really is. Like, you know, they might as well play it at bloody Lords. But I, I think I think we need to get Dyer in the team or someone like that, someone who's just going to sit. Back in the sixteen seventeen season, when Chelsea won the league, I think it was sixteen seventeen Dyer was sat in front when we didn't have the ball. he went back into a back three when we did have the ball. he sat just in front, he then had Dembele with him or Wanyama. yeah, one of the two but either way uh and they were able to go further forward but not too far forward. Dembele certainly was able to go forward, skim past someone, then spray it out, give it to Lee Erickson, Sons, Allis, Canes, and those four up front were free to pretty much do whatever they wanted. Uh, they had to track back the wide players to help the full backs, which they did. But it, it, And we closed down everybody. We closed down everywhere. And that becomes contagious. And everyone does it. If, if you're a closing down team, Liverpool show this, you, you can't, have any passengers in that? Everyone has to do it, and that's how it works. Which we have a few players which close down Lamella, Ali, uh, die when he does play. But the, you know, it's got to be the whole team. Even Kane in the sixteen seventeen season was tracking back and closing down. So we seem to have lost that, and I don't know why. But I certainly think we we need some some more defensive-minded midfielders in midfield. I don't know what's happened to die, Why he's fallen out of favour? If he's just unfit. Wanyama again. When we the season we bought Wanyama, he was absolutely superb. He he was like a tank in there. Uh, He he certainly played with Dembélé, and I think we miss him. Um, and Dembélé, I think he will get better. He's played in the French league, so it's going to take him time to adjust. But for the first half hour, he did look really good. I thought, and then he blew up, and then, like I said, looked like he'd run a marathon. So I don't know why he suddenly blew up that quick because he has played in the Champions League and against City as well. Uh, but he, he, I think, give it a couple of months, him playing full games, getting used to the, the Premier League and the way that we play, whatever the way that bloody is after after Tuesday. Uh, I think he, he will come good. Whether he's a Dembele player or a bit further forward like an Ericsson, I'm not sure yet. Uh, but we certainly need some more steel in that that midfield to help out the defence, sit in front of the defence and offer them protection. What happened in that season, 16-17, or the Chelsea winning season, I'm sure it's 16-17, but if it's not, then I've basically said the wrong season for five times, but I'm going to continue just saying 16-17 because you know what I mean. In that season, Dyer sitting there and uh, Dembele or Wanyama just in front gave gave the team stability and gave the, the... Team certainly the fullbacks' confidence to go forward because they knew they had support and and protection. If we lost the ball, we don't have that now. Uh, certainly, when Mora came on four four two, I mean that, that was just yeah, that didn't work at all, at all. As soon as they got past the midfield, done. Uh, I'd like to see Sanchez play. I think he's got speed. He's young and got speed, which Outvield and Vertonghen don't have now. Uh. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see for the Brighton game. We we still don't seem to have learnt the lesson that just before half-time is a terrible time to concede a goal. I, just, I mean, I mean, first off, they scored three minutes after we took the lead. I mean, that's criminal as well. They do say you're most vulnerable when you score, but my God, pay bloody attention. And like I say, as soon as Sissoko got done there, Vertonghen should have been out to him. Second goal, just before half-time, like I've said, oh, we're heading straight down the middle. Laps. Just ridiculous. But just before half-time, again, it's just the same with Arsenal, same with Olympiakos. just get rid of the bloody ball. Like, it's not a criminal offence to stick your foot through the ball. Certainly just before half-time, but at any time if you're struggling in defence, it's, it's, you learn that as a bloody kid when you first play football. Aurea as well, is just a liability, like he played well against Palace, but I think that's because they just didn't go past the halfway line, so his defensive frailties weren't on show, but going forward he looks good, and he's good at crossing the ball, seems to link up well with Undombele, and they've got maybe a friendship there, but like defensively he's just a liability, like funnily enough, and, and you know, Strangely enough, I th- he should have been sent off after about five minutes or whenever it was. Would you know? Any other player on the pitch that stamp wh- when he's jumped away from the ball? Any other player on the pitch? I'd say, well, no, 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 leave that alone. That's accidental. But it's all air. and he does crazy things. So uh, I'm not sure it was accidental. But he he stamped on the guy's legs. So I think he should have gone there by the letter of the law. It'd be very interesting if that was after seventy minutes whether he had gone, but like funnily enough, again, I think if he had have got sent off there, we wouldn't have conceded anywhere near seven. A man down, Poch would have been forced to turn us defensive. So he'd have put someone on to a place, and he may have brought someone on to sit in the midfield and then play on the counter-attack. So funnily enough, we may not have... uh, even lost, I think, if Aurea would have got sent off for that. Because, like I say, Pochettino would have had to have changed it. And then we wouldn't have been as wide open. But like that wide open part that I think in the first two minutes one of their guys was cleaned through, I mean, that that set the tone for the whole defensive game for us. But Aurea, right back. Carl Walker-Peters played all right in the first game, Villa. But again... They had their one chance scored and then they didn't attack again. So, again, like Orvia against Palace, he wasn't tested defensively. As soon as he was tested defensively, then that's when the kind of frailties was uh, showed maybe he's not quite ready yet. Like someone on Twitter did say "We uh, our mistake is we never replaced Walker and we never replaced Trippier. Well, first off, we replaced Walker with Trippier. So, you know, now saying we haven't replaced Trippier... You you can't then be saying that he's that important that we didn't replace Walker when he was already there. But but not replacing Trippier. To be perfectly honest, he had a bad season last season. Not as bad as as Orvia has started this season, but then, you know, Ratongan and Alderville and Sanchez and Rose had and Davies had good seasons last season. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I think Trippier had a brilliant World Cup, and I think possibly that went to his head, or whatever. His standards dropped. But again, that that's Poch's uh, job as well, in in part to keep his standards up. But I digress. Oh, yeah, I th- I think we need to replace him somehow in January. I think January could be a busy, busy transfer window for us because there's a lot of things we need to sort out. Uh I really worry about Kane, the dejected look on his face. I think, I I personally think he'll stay this season. But then in the summer, he's going to be about 26, 27. And then I, I worry that if we don't look like we're going to challenge for anything or win anything, I really worry that he's then going to have a real, real, real tricky decision to make on whether he wants to stay with his boyhood team become a leading scorer there and a legend, or Philly's trophy cabinet at home and go somewhere else. I really worry that it's going to be the latter, because at this moment in time, he could pretty much walk into any team in the world. If we said, OK, we're putting Harry Kane on the transfer market, Daniel Levy would be inundated with phone calls from every club in the world. Uh, so I think in January we, we need to spend... And show our ambition. And then certainly in the summer as well. Like Ericsson's off. I think that's fairly common knowledge now. Whether he's off in January or in the summer remains to be seen. We still need to replace him with a like-for-like playmaker. But if Bele can get his fitness up. and The ball he played for Sun for his first chance. That was an Ericsson-style pass. I'm still not sure he can switch the play and ping it 50 yards onto a sixpence. But remains to be seen. But big changes need to be made there. I didn't think Ericsson played too badly when he came on. He just didn't have the ball because every time Bayern had the ball, they hit it long two on one versus Orbia, and then they scored. Uh, argument: Why weren't people chasing back? But then you can't just label that at Erikson, That's the entire midfield. Uh, Ali, he's he's struggling. He's coming back to fitness. He had he had that one good chance, and the. He had the one good chance in the first half, I think. That might have been Sun. I might be mistaken there. He certainly had a good one in the second half from an Alderville long ball. Uh, just miscontrolled it. But again, that running there, which he's difficult to pick up. I do think he he gives us energy and helps us close down because of his energy. But again, it needs to be a team effort. It needs to be everybody closing down. Not just him. Or Lamella when he comes on. He, he does that very well as uh, too. Uh, what else is there to say? It's just pretty depressing all, all round. It was just a highly embarrassing victory, and then work the next day, absolutely ridiculed all day. <laughs> the biggest defeat we've had. Uh, I th- I think I just think Pochettino has to make changes for the Brighton game. He can't carry on playing like that. He has to change the system, formation. He has to change something and he has to galvanise the players and get them motivated. Like I, did sit, I didn't I did go to the game, Brian, but I did hear on Twitter that none of the players applauded the fans, which I get they're annoyed and devastated, like Kane and Son in particular look absolutely devastated. But you've got to clap the fans for coming out. Like They're not getting paid to get pissed wet through with the rain. You know? And and Pochettino just walked down the tunnel. Usually, he's the one he 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 demands that they give the fans a round of applause. So is he unhappy? I don't I don't know. Well, he'll be unhappy about the buying game, obviously. But like at life at Tottenham, some papers you read, he wants to leave. Other players, others players are worried they're going to leave. Other papers, he doesn't want to leave. So I I don't know what's going on there. I just think it's been a real bad start to the season. We just need to sort it out, solidify up, get ourselves st- stability in midfield again, and protection for the defence. And just get back to basics. Get rid of the fucking ball when time calls. Don't piss around with it and play around with it. Just get rid of it. And look, we- we'll always be a threat on- in attack and on the counter attack with-, with people like Sun and Moore playing. Uh, I just think Jan- January we have to show people like Kane certainly that we're in this to try and win things otherwise I think he's just going to want to go We get good money for it great and I'm sure Levy will be delighted to pay for like a good fraction of the stadium but you know is he wanting to run the club a- as a business and profit or is he wanting to run it so that we actually win things I'm starting to doubt now that it's not to win things I mean you have to run it as a business and he has saved us we haven't become like a Villa or Newcastle who are just you know trying to sell all the time we are making money which is good but we've got to invest that money now I know we've got the stadium we've got to invest it in the players and the people on the pitch because we're miles off of Man City and Liverpool miles off and you know the best we can look at in the league at, at this moment in time and if we don't buy people is third that's not good enough. We want to be winning. Th- I want to be winning things. I want to win the Champions League and and, and Premier League, but at this moment in time, ain't going to happen. As bad as we were, though, I do have to say, Bayern were absolutely clinical. I, I don't know how many shots they had on target, but it can't have been much more than seven. They're absolutely clinical. And Lois had no chance for any of the goals. So he must have been absolutely furious with the defence. Uh, but yeah, buying were clinical. It reminded me a lot, and someone else said this on Twitter as well of the six-two win that we had at Everton a few seasons ago, where we just destroyed them. They were far too open. It reminded me of that. Like you know, we were all happy then because we won six-two. But again, like we were open as well. That's why we conceded two. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we do need to back up. We really need to back up. So that's all the negative crap out of the way. Uh, we'll take half time now, so people can dry their eyes for really having to relive this painful memory. Uh, but when I come back, I'm gonna—I do think it could be a blessing in disguise, and, and it, well, it can't get any worse. So I do think it could be a good thing in the long run. Uh, so I'll leave it with that, in the hope that this is, it ends up being a positive episode. But it may very well not do. So you know, don't hold me to that. And we're back. Now, before before the break, I said something silly that a 7-2 loss could be considered a good thing. So why did I say something so stupid? Firstly, I do think it could be a blessing in disguise. Uh, last season, we got to a Champions League final, but if you'd ask any... Fans, what they remember about last season, all the things they remember, not many would say that Lionel Messi, early in the Champions League group stages, came to Wembley and destroyed us. And it was four. It could have been God knows how many. It could have been seven then, but we got through to a final. Not saying the same thing is going to happen, but it's got similarities that we've been walloped by the the top seed there early on. We got Bayern last as well away, which uh, Barcelona we had last, so it could be the case again that Bayern are through. Rest everybody may not be, but I think it could be a blessing in disguise because, like you know, the Colchester game, yeah, was terrible and and but we we played our reserves there, not our first team. Uh so you could be, Pochettino could say, well, it wasn't our first team. We just you know didn't weren't quick enough and blah blah blah. But this game. I think he has to take notice of that because that result and seven goals there has been coming for a little while, I think. Certainly for best part of a year. Uh, I mean, Man City, two-all early in the season, could have had about ten there and no-one would have been begrudged them that because they were so, so dominant. We just got really lucky. But I think Pochettino has to listen now and, and pay attention and change something because... <laughs> we'll get walloped every game if we're that open uh, and it, it reminds me a little bit of when Chelsea won the league I think in 16-17 <laughs> season again could be wrong but that season that they won the league that they weren't doing too well early on they went to they, at home they, they had Arsenal come to them and they beat them 3-0 fairly comfortably and again could have been about 6 but that Said to Conte, right? We need to change something. That's when he changed to three at the back, and then they went on a ridiculous run and got the Premier League record. So I'm not. I'm not saying Pochettino is going to do a Conte and and you know come up with the magical formation that's going to not lose us a game for like five months. But something has to change now because he, you know, we've been like we've been giving chances a lot to teams and it's just come across a team who have been clinical and given us an absolute hiding. So I think he will look at that, and he'll, I mean, when was that, on Tuesday, from, from Wednesday onwards until Saturday when we got Brighton. and I do think he'll um, be working on different formations, different systems. I would be surprised if someone like a Adair or Wanyam or someone defensively minded wasn't in that midfield. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we play three at the back and then the two full-backs. What I would like is, is back to that, that season again where Chelsea won the league with Dyer in the middle and then he slots into the defence. Whether he's fit, whether he's not, I don't know. But like he, he's certainly going to offer of more protection if he's not that fit than not having anyone there. I do like Sanchez. Patongan, he should have been playing at the start of the season. These rumours that he's been sleeping with it or having an affair with Ericsson's wife, like, Oh, are they just rumours I think they're just rumours I think it's just absolute bollocks but uh, you know <laughs> nothing would surprise you in football you know like all these play- players that you know are married and then sleep with prostitutes so you know they are stupid they will do these things so it wouldn't surprise you but I personally think it's just bollocks and they're just having a bad season and and Alderfield and Vatonga remember are getting older now they've never been blessed with pace so maybe and and Nabry, Nabry was lightning quick so I, I think it's possibly a case that they're just getting past their peak now which is why I'd like to see Sanchez Like he, we obviously bought him for the future I, I think we personally bought him because we thought Alderweireld was going off to United but I think it's time to play him now he, he's big he's strong he can head the ball and he's quick which in that centre of midfield uh, defence, sorry, we don't have anyone. That's that last one. Quick. Uh, he started off by letting the ball bounce uh, when he first came, which is another cardinal sin. You learn that when you're a kid, but he seems to have stopped that now. But he's been given a bit of stick this season, but he's been playing at right back. Like he's not a right back; he's a centre back. So it wouldn't surprise me if he plays. But what what I what I would do is uh I still think Alderfield is our best defender. I was calling for Vertonghen earlier in the season when he wasn't playing, but I've since changed my mind based on the come last performances. And I think it's him that's unfortunately going to have to make way for me. So if it was my team, it'd be Loris. Give Carl Walker-Peters the game against Brighton. Although, or he is suspended anyway, so he, he will play. Uh, 4th May. 4th May do. Yeah, who who would I choose? Walker-Peters or Foy? Uh, it's going to be a good chance that Brighton are going to sit back, so I would play uh, Walker Peters. I would then drop Vertonghen, put Sanchez in, Alderweireld. I'd put Davies in; he's better defensively than Rose, so I'd put him in. I'd, I'd then put Dyer in. I, I know that's you know a lot of Spurs fans are going to be, oh for God's sake, not Dyer, but I would put him in. We'd play four, four in defence, but like I say, when we don't have the ball, he's the third one there. Uh, Sissoko, what I'd do is play him in the uh, Dembele role. I, I, yeah, I'd play him in the Dembele role. So he's got a licence to go forward a little bit. But he, he, he's when Dyer goes into the middle of midfield, when, uh, into defence, sorry, when we don't have the ball, Sissoko's there in Dyer's position in the midfield, just in front of the defence, give us some stability. How many is that? That's four, five, six, seven, including the goalkeeper. So I've got four more. Kane, obviously. Son. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should have thought of that before I started picking the team and then end up saying, well, I think we should play with 13. Uh, I certainly... certainly would drop Ali, I think. So you've got Kane, Son... I would always pick Ericsson just because he he's a playmaker. And then it's do you pick Mora, who against teams who sit back struggles, or do you pick Undombele, or Lamella? Personally, I think I'd pick Undombele just to get his fitness up, and then someone like Lamella or or Ali can always come on. Yeah, I think I'd do that. Loris S- Walker Peters Walker Peters Sanchez, Out of Davies. Dyer, Sissoko, Son, Eriksson, Kane, Undombele. That's what I'd do. I think, and Undombele uh, is the one who can drive forward. Although he'll he'll be on one of the wings, maybe, maybe stick him just behind the yeah, stick him just behind uh, in the middle. And then Eriksson and Son are interchangeable, and Kane up top. Just see how that works. I think I think he has to change the the formation and the system to make us more solid. And whoever's on that wide, like undumbele Ericsson, Son, whoever, they have to track back and help the, the full-backs out. But like I say, I think it's a blessing in disguise because I think it's going to force Pochettino to, to rethink that and make us more solid because we've been wide open pretty much every game. And then Bayern Munich, we were just absolutely criminally wide open. None more so on our right side, their left side, where all the... Their goals came from pretty much. So, the blessing in disguise is I think it can't get any worse. And you know this happened last season against uh, Barcelona. We only conceded four, and we ended up doing well in the Champions League. But I think the, the main thing is it's forcing going to force Pochettino to have to make a change, and rejig something. Someone on Twitter going, yeah, he's not a tactical mastermind. Well, you say that, but in that sixteen seventeen season, he did. You know, put Dyer in midfield and then tell him to slot into the defence when we didn't have the ball. So, you know, that's not a traditional way of, of, of tactics, is it? So, it's something that he came up with. And then, what that allows him to do as well is if we're chasing a game, it allows us to change between two at the back and three at the back mid game, which not a lot of teams have done that before or can do that. So, you know, it's easy to blame Pochettino and say he's useless and blah blah, but I, I think. That was on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, so that's just you know reactionary, just because people are cheesed off. Uh, But I do do think the Brighton game is a huge, huge game, and I think it's a statement game. I I don't think if we did win 1-0 and it was scrappy, while it's good that we win, I don't think it's going to do much to help. I think we need a statement game, like that Palace game, where we go out and batter someone. Similar to like Man City. Whether it will happen, I'm not sure. I don't want to make predictions anymore because I predicted that we'd be uh, Bayern Munich and then I was uh, <laughs> a little bit wrong. But I, I do think it could be a blessing in disguise in, in the long run of the season. Uh, but we, we have to start playing well and in January show some intent in the transfer market to keep people like Kane because otherwise he's going to go off, I think, and try and win trophies. Although he won't want to really in his heart, but in his head he has to because he's too good to not be winning trophies. And as much as he wants that Premier League record, I think Shearer's record, and wants to become a Spurs legend, I think deep down he he's a winner. He wants to win. But if we can convince him that you know we can win, I think we can keep him. But we have to start playing well and make some waves in the transfer market. But again reiterate, I think it could be a blessing in disguise even though at this moment in time it was a hideous, hideous result and a fucking, an absolute shocking one Alright, so that's the end of my rambling we've got through the negative points and the me trying to be positive points uh, so here's to the Brighton game so hopefully we can do something there you know, change our system to help help the defence out uh, and, and just make ourselves more solid and get our season back up and running which I think will happen because it has to happen because if we keep playing like we did we'll just get spanked pretty much by every team that we play and like I say in three games time we'll be playing a cricket match at Anfield uh, so I'll leave it there and, and you know hopefully my next podcast after the Brighton game will be a more positive one uh, quickly before I go if you're enjoying this or if you want to hear another Spurs podcast and different views uh Try and look up the N17 podcast uh, on Twitter at N17pod or N17podcast.com and you'll find all their podcasts there. I've listened to it. Very good one. Uh, And yeah, so check that out. Until next time, come on, you Spurs.